Hey, everybody. Um, so here we are, uh, back from the holiday break and a little more delayed than I wanted to. I actually rolled into the new year with some illness, so that was a lot of fun. But it doesn't matter now. I'm recording this. It's a Tuesday morning or Tuesday afternoon that I'm recording this. Uh, it's beautiful. It's in the mid-60s. I just took a really awesome walk. I'm feeling really, really good. And it's that new year. Maybe you've listened to those first two episodes. Maybe you're just joining us now because you're checking out new podcasts and you stumbled on this. If you did, hey, how you doing? Welcome. We're learning how to write fiction. We're kind of doing a, a, a nitty-gritty basics course here, right? I'm, I'm covering these topics pretty briefly. And, and the reason I'm doing them as briefly as I am is because I don't think you learn to write fiction from being lectured. Like, I think at some point, pen has to hit paper. Now, different teachers in this area are going to agree or disagree with me. Some are going to tell you that you need to learn a whole lot more. I'm going to tell you that if you can get the basic ideas down, and you're going to learn that from all kinds of writers, because trust me, there are writers who disagree with shit that I'm saying right now. Um, if you can get those basics and then read a lot and then start putting pen to paper, you will eventually get to wherever it is you want to go. Now, the question, of course, at that point is going to be, where do you want to go? Do you want to publish a novel? Well, that might be a little more work. You know, do you want to publish a really good novel? Okay, that could be a lot more work. Um, do you just want to write something for yourself? Is this just like an afternoon hobby? Or are you going to be kind of like, I have a buddy who does brilliant oil paintings, but he never sells them. He literally just does it for himself. And, and maybe that's who you are. Uh, so, so wherever you're going, this is where you're at. Uh, if you're just joining us now, you can jump in right now and listen. There's no problem listening this story now for this lesson about storytelling first. Uh, if you want to catch up, you've got about three episodes back. We launched this course. Um, we're moving right along, right? We did the intro. What we're, what do you want to write? Why do you want to write it? How are you going to write it? And then we talked about getting started, about kind of overcoming those fears. Uh, so if that's important to you, if you want to start from the very beginning, then cool. Go ahead and drop out now. Go back to those three episodes. Listen to them. It'll take you probably a little less than an hour. And uh, come back here and catch up with this, because we're going to jump into the next section. So we talked about starting, right? That was the theme of that first three lessons, was starting writing. Today we're going to talk about, we're, we're going to start breaking down some of these core components of what we do. And the one that I love, and maybe this is because my background is a playwright, and so this is a huge part of playwriting. The one that I really love is character. So we're going to talk about your characters, and, and today... I'm going to invite you to meet your characters, right? I want you to meet your characters. Okay, Matt, I've met my characters. I have a list of 19 people. They're all absolutely vital. I'm going to give you a spoiler. Ten of them can be cut right away. Look, I can tell you that because I used to write plays with like 60-person casts. It was absolutely asinine, but I did it when I was younger because I thought I was a genius. Um, like, <laughs> It's confessions of a working writer, everybody, not how awesome a working writer is. So uh, that's that's the point right there, right? Is is you've got your list of characters and you think you know it. Well, what's a character? Right? I'm telling you to meet your characters. Well, what are your characters? Who are your characters? Let me give you three points on this that I think you should know as I introduce you to your characters. Because I think maybe you have an idea, but I don't know if you really appreciate who your characters are. Uh, and I want to make sure this isn't speed dating, right? We're not talking to our characters for 35 seconds and then moving on. 
This is real character building work. This is the work, right? We want to write a fiction piece. This is the work of writing a fiction piece, whether that's a play or a novel or a short story, a piece of fan fiction. I don't really care what you're doing. A comic book script. Go for it. We need to know our characters. So let's dive right in. And I'm going to dive in with, as as some of my, my self-help junkie friends would say, this is a negative observation. It is a negative observation. And it's the most positive negative observation you're ever going to hear First thing you should know about meeting your characters, the first thing we're introducing you, you, writer, aspiring writer, here are your characters, characters, here's your aspiring writer. What's the first thing they should know? Characters, your characters are not you. Let me say that again. Your characters are not you. Yeah, now this, this is my primary rule. That's why I'm bringing this up first, because this is the most common pitfall with a lot of new writers, is that your main character becomes a reflection of you, and it almost becomes wish fulfillment. Um, experienced writers who are listening to me, you've all done this. Whether you're nodding with me right now or not, I guarantee you talk to your writing professors, your friends, other writers, you've all done this. I've done this, right? Like, writing your character as a form of wish fulfillment is not a great idea. It's just not. It's a great way to screw up stuff. But that's the point, right? Your characters are not you, right? Now, don't mistake me here. Your characters may have some similarities to you. Your philosophies, ideas, mannerisms will inevitably pop up in some of your characters. There may even be a character through whose eyes you're reading the story or observing the actions going on. But that doesn't mean they're you. And while we're on this topic, they shouldn't be other people either. I'm talking to you people that want to write about ex-boyfriends, girlfriends, husbands, friends who pissed you off, or the guy at the DMV that you really want bad stuff to happen to, so you've opened your journal and proceeded to write him into hell. Like, I'm not kidding, you know? Like, here, here's the here's the point. You're going to observe, and those things are going to go in, but once you start making a character you... Well, guys, I don't know about you, but I'm the hero in every story I tell. Look, the reality is my the two women that divorced me are not 100% at fault. That is not how it reads in my head, though. That is not how my story plays out in my own brain. It's the same thing when you write a book of fiction, right? When you write a book of fiction, your main character, if they are you or if you are the villain, then boy, they are going to get a huge boost. They will. This is when terms like plot armor will start to appear. Your main character is you, and logically, your character, let's say you're writing some epic sci-fi, fantasy, space opera, I don't know, whatever, you're even writing a comic book. All logic of that world, not logic of our world, but logic of the world you built. Stay tuned, we'll talk about that later. Logic of the world you built says character A should die, but you are character A, so character A is not going to die. Character A... Well, he's going to be just fine. Some miraculous thing is going to appear. The clouds are going to open up and the gods are going to intervene and he's saved. That's it. That's the reality of what happens when you become your main character, right? They are always right. They are always perfect. They are always the victim. You understand their motivations well and intensely because they are yours and your audience has no idea what you are talking about because since you understand all that subtext intuitively, you didn't have to put any of it in the work. I can hear the challenges flying up from writers on the other end of this podcast right now. And I'm telling you, 
If you have a piece where you are 100% the main character, I'm challenging you to get that to me and I will break down where it doesn't make sense because I assure you it won't. Right? You're not your main character. Other people shouldn't be your character. Here's my judgment with this. Right, When you start talking about inserting other people or inserting yourself directly 100% into the role of a character, I want you to ask yourself a simple question. What are you trying to do? Are you telling a story or are you making a point? Now, understand, that doesn't mean stories don't make points. Again, I can hear it because there's some of you out there, I promise, there's at least one or two people out there that are going, no, he's wrong. And on this one, I will fight with my dying breath. Everything else, I may be wrong. I consider this an immutable law of writing. I think when you violate this, the writing actually gets bad, right? The, the point being, making a point is part of writing, but the beauty, the art of writing is that you don't club us over the head, with the point, right? The art of wonderful writing is that we read it and we come to these realizations. It gets right past that frontal cortex wall that we have up to new ideas and it penetrates into our minds and we go, oh, oh, that's a, that's a new way of seeing the world. Amazing. That does not happen. Notice I said works its way past, not shatters with a sledgehammer, all right? A well-reasoned, beautiful piece of artistic writing can get past the most stubborn human beings, I promise. A sledgehammer just kills them before you get the chance to make the point. All right, so what are you trying to do? Tell a story, make a point. If you're making a point, I highly recommend you get to nonfiction essay writing because it will be a whole lot better. We will not be stuck with characters we don't care about, who violate all the logic that we've tried to learn in your story, just so that you can make your political point, your religious point, your point about your ex, or whatever that may be. I know it's a little bit of a harsh start to this, guys, but th this is the reality, right? Characters can't be you. They can't be. They have to be, here we go. You ready? You ready? Rule number two. That was a nice transition. So smooth, I almost missed it. So characters are not you, but let's talk about the next thing we need to know about your characters. Characters are developed. And specifically, characters are fully developed, right? A character has to be a being in your piece of work, right? Let me put it this way. If a person appears in your writing, they must be there for a reason. Otherwise, get rid of them. And, and before you do this, this is where the comic relief trap happens. You write that really fun character that's your way of inserting one-liners, and yet he has absolutely, he or she, has absolutely no reason to be in that room. None. At all. But you really like the jokes, and you need a way to get them in there, so you did this because you didn't bother writing a funny character. That character needs to get merged with someone else. He doesn't serve a point except to crack one-liners. That does not move the story forward. Right? The, the point here is your characters have to have a purpose, right? So like I said, I used to write plays. I, I'm going to beat up on myself because I don't want you to think I'm just beating up on y'all. I, I used to write plays with 60 characters and some characters had one effing line. I'm not kidding. One line, like in 200 pages of script, which is a really, really long script. That's like the Lord of the Rings of play scripts. And like a 200 page script, they have one line. Why? Why? Because I thought I was smarter than everyone and people told me to cut characters and I dug in my heels and said no. So if you're out there telling me I don't need to cut characters, Matt, you're wrong. Uh, I'm not. I've, I've been there. 
I've, I've been exactly where you're standing. And I stood and dug my heels in with every writing professor ever and was like, no. And uh, if you're a writing professor of mine and you're listening, I learned. Um, it only took like 20 years. But that's the point, right? You, you gotta have fully developed characters. These are fully realized beings, right? The reality about a really great character is that a really great character, you're probably going to have a thousand times more information on that character than you're ever going to reveal in the book. It's true. If you really create a beautifully fleshed out character, you're going to know a whole lot about them that probably never makes your book, your play, your short story, your anything. But it's going to help them become alive. It's going to help bring them to life. That's the third part of this character series, is talking about your characters finally coming to life or coming to life, right? This magic moment when they do that. But you're you're trying to do that. Well, you need to know, right? You need to know what their childhood was like, where they grew up, what they like to drink, what they don't like to drink. Like all those things are going to reveal tiny little facets of their personality. Now, what of that stuff you need to know, you want to know how you want to organize that. That's all you. A lot of that happens in pre-writing characters, which is next week's lesson, by the by. So there's still time to learn. All of that stuff. But but they have to be developed. They have to be. Characters can't be just two-dimensional caricatures. I mean, they kind of can, but guys, look, I, I know I'm slamming the hammer on don't make, don't try to overwhelm your point. And there are exceptions to every rule, right? This is my rule, but I'm not Berthold Brecht, and I can't write whole plays about, like, you know socialist communism and it's it's beautiful ideal for the for the world spirit and for children i i can't do that it's not me that was Bertolt brecht he was really good at it if your name's not Bertolt brecht or people aren't going oh my god you're amazing at this and i don't mean people that like like you i mean people that kind of are okay with you then don't do it but make these fully developed characters right not two-dimensional they need to be fully developed they have to have emotions and experiences and things they like and things they dislike and pet peeves and annoying habits and flaws. For the love of Pete, insert some flaws into your characters. Seriously, put some flaws into them. Flaws are amazing. They help us appreciate the good stuff, right? If your character is 100% great and perfect, you're never gonna, you're, you're just not, right? Like, honestly, some of my favorite characters in literature are extremely flawed. I really enjoyed Fight Club. I've read it a few times. Super flawed. Super flawed characters. That's what makes them interesting, right? Perfect people are really boring. They do everything right. Every single time. And finally, the final thing I want you to learn about characters uh, as we start getting this lesson towards somewhat of an end. Uh, characters are dynamic. They change, and they change for a variety of reasons, right? Sometimes, obviously, if you remember your, your story analysis from, from grade school, whenever you did it, um, you know, you remember that the arc of the story is the change that takes place in the protagonist, right? They do. Like, they change. That's the, that's the reality. Characters change. Your main character usually goes through a change. They're not the only one that goes through changes, though. Lots of them will. Right, that, And not only like life changes related to the plot or major changes in their personality, but their demeanor will change amongst different characters, right? Nobody talks like this to every single person they meet. Nobody does this and says, hi, Bill, you're awesome. Hello, Sally, I don't like you. No, if you don't like Sally, you sound really pissed off when she comes into the room. 
It just occurred to me my friend Sally might be listening to this. That doesn't have anything to do with you, buddy. Um, <laughs> the point is, you know, they're dynamic. They change. They shift. They interact. They have, they have wants and needs and desires. And those change. And how they're going to get them change. And tactics swap. And, and characters are all about getting two entrants into a boxing match in a story. That's the way one of my favorite professors are a guy named David Crespi. David, if you're listening, love you to death. I actually learned it took 20 years though. Uh, David used to talk about an even boxing match, right? Your characters will not have an even boxing match if they are not dynamic, if they're not fully developed, if they're not fully realized, and if they are just you, right? Because typically, and I'm going to hammer this point one more time, typically when your characters are you in that boxing match, they either win it by, by a lot or they get their ass beaten because you have some need to hurt yourself on page. It's fine. It's okay. But don't do it. Like, put them away. These are your characters. This is the start of building character, is to understand these three vital things, right? Characters are not you. Say it with me. Characters aren't me. My characters are not me. They are not my ex. They are not the cop who pulled me over. They are not the dude who screwed up my order. They are not the guy who cut me off. They are not the politician that I hate on the screen. They're not. Not if you want them to be interesting. Okay? Uh, so that's the first one. Characters aren't you. <laughs> Second, your characters are developed. Right? They're fully developed. They're fully realized. They're full beings with dimensions. Right? They're not two-dimensional cutouts. They're actual three-dimensional beings. They have thoughts. They have sadness. They have things that annoy them. They have actions. They have ticks. They have all this stuff. And the more of that you figure out, the more lifelike they'll be and the better you'll be able to portray that on page, no matter where you're trying to get that out to, right? And especially in a field like playwriting where all you're doing is writing dialogue. Look, if you've ever seen a crappy play, and we all have, and some of the crappy plays we see are told to be really great, the reason that dialogue feels so flat is because that character is about as deep as a kiddie pool. So there's nothing for the actor to work on. There's nothing for them to work with because the dialogue's not particularly that good and the behavior's not really there. Those plays also usually have a pretty decent amount of exposition spoken by the character because, again, the character doesn't have any way to communicate what it is. We didn't give it any legs. So it has to tell you the plot so you can follow along. That's why. Because those characters weren't fully developed. And finally, the characters are dynamic. You need to understand that your characters are dynamic. Characters are a dynamic, changing thing, and they change in their interactions with each other, and in their interactions with the world, and then even in their interactions with themselves, right? You have to remember that, because that change is going to drive true interest. That's going to drive true impact. Now, knowing these three things is awesome, and it's the foundation for what we're going to do next. And next week, we're going to talk about pre-writing your characters. Now, I was not a fan of pre-writing in the day. I am a huge champion of pre-writing now. I think knowing who your characters are, getting an idea for the world and the rules of it, just helps you get it to the page a whole lot better. I really do. I think it works a whole lot better than just trying to, you know, stumble through it. So... We'll talk pre-writing next time. But in order for you to be ready for next week's pre-writing thing, and I know I can hear you go, man, this guy's going to give me metaphysical homework. It's, it's theoretical homework. I'm not collecting it. If you want to do it, you do it. 
I want you to just take a minute and kind of sketch out some ideas for characters for what you're working on. Yeah, you know, whatever little details. We'll get into the depth stuff, deep stuff with it, like next week. We'll talk about how to kind of use pre-writing as a tool to discover more and develop more and to, to understand the dynamics of your characters a little bit better by using pre-writing techniques. We'll talk about that all next week. But for right now, write some names and describe them a little. Maybe, you know, try playing around with the idea that they're developed and dynamic, right? If you've got a character that you're really married to and you say, Matt, I'm married to him and I know you said don't use my ex. No, no. Use your ex. Just don't make the character your ex, right? So if you have one of those characters that's you or that's your ex, start stretching it around in your mind and play with it and figure out, you know, how can it not be you but still a reflection of you? There's nothing wrong with being a reflection of you. Just not you installed in the story. That's the point. Okay, so so sit down, jot some jot some writing down in whatever journal, notepad, whatever thing you're using here, um, for whatever project you're kind of thinking of. And if you don't use these characters, it doesn't matter. This is all practice. That's how you do this thing, right? You you hone a craft by practicing it. You don't master anything by sitting on your butt and going, oh, okay, or by doing it every once in a blue moon and waiting for everyone to pat you on the back. Like at some point, you have to do the nitty gritty work. So that's character. It was a lot. I know I came at you very high speed. I'm very high energy today. Uh, I'm feeling better, all kinds of stuff. Take a minute, write down those characters. I'll join you again next week, and we'll talk about pre-writing. So, you know, till then, you're here in class on a podcast called Confessions of a Working Writer, which seems weird, but I'm not changing the title of this podcast again. So, <laughs> we're just going to do this class, and then we'll get back to some confessions and observations. Until then, everybody, sit down, read, work on those characters. You're doing great. We'll be back to talk about pre-writing characters next week.